This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. I'm Rich Bradbury and welcome to Enterprise Explores. It is also, of course, Friday, the 23rd of February, 12.06 here in the studio. And this is the show where we'll help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from headlines to the bottom line. Uh, today combines both of these things, actually. Recently, in a, a Reddit post three days ago or, or thereabouts and articles on Asia One and the New Straits Times, it did expose an eatery um, in KL, uh, allegedly a ramen chain, that had allegedly deducted salaries of staff who take medical leave and toilet breaks based on a photo of its rules and regulations for employees posted on Facebook by a netizen. And the fines range from something like 30 ringgit all the way up to 500 ringgit for various so-called offences. Subsequently, that eatery has also lodged a police report after online backlash on HR policies. Now, in the modern workplace, the importance of employee rights and fair employment practices cannot be underestimated as businesses and economies worldwide cope with rapid technological changes and shifting societal norms. There's a need to ensure that employment practices evolve accordingly too. Today, we're going to be discussing fair employment practices from the lens of legislation the ongoing efforts and challenges in creating workplaces that comply with legal standards and also foster a culture of respect, equality and dignity for all employees. I'll be speaking with Donovan Chia, a partner at Donovan and Ho, on matters that will guide both employees and employers towards a more just and productive working relationship. If you have any thoughts, uh, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number on 018-789-8899. And of course, you can get us on X we are at BFM Radio. Donovan, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm very good. Thank very you. good. Right. Yeah. Friday, of course. So all of us are happy that the weekend is here. Now, um, just to go back to what we I, I spoke about in the introduction there. Let's look at fundamental labor rights and what fundamental labor rights are guaranteed to employees under Malaysian law. And do you think most Malaysian employees are unaware of their rights or that they do know their rights, but are just unsure of what to do when these conflicts arise? So where do we start, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, that's why I got yeah. you here. <laughs> that's right. So uh, under uh, Malaysian employment law, um, employee rights are governed by the principal legislation, which is the Employment Act 1955. Yeah. So a little bit of history here. Prior to 1st January 2023, this act uh, didn't apply to all employees. It only applied to a certain category uh, of people, usually those who were earning below a certain wage threshold, uh, 2,000 ringgit and below, or those who were involved in manual labour, unskilled labour. Right. Uh, so effective 1st January 2023, the act was amended to basically apply to all employees uh, throughout Malaysia, which meant that every employee, uh, regardless of your salary, your title, uh, you would be uh, entitled to the benefits under the Act. And right. the Act covered basic rights like what's your annual leave, mm -hmm. your paid sick leave, mm -hmm. maternity leave, uh, hospitalisation leave, even things like payment of wages, overtime, yep. working hours. So the legislation is pretty wide in the sense that it covers the, the whole gamut of uh, what an employee would be entitled to in their working life. And now it really just covers every employee 
uh, in Malaysia, with certain exceptions, of course. So, like okay. overtime, for example, wouldn't apply to those who are earning above four thousand ringgit. Mm. So, like your managers, your CEOs, they aren't going to get overtime, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think most employees uh, are aware of their rights? I think this is an interesting question because we really have to look at what type of employees are we talking about. Right. So Whether or not it is, it is the lower end of the spectrum compared correct, to the higher end of the spectrum. Correct. Right, so right. like perhaps people who are working in offices have access to, to the internet, yeah. uh, access to, to knowledge out there. They can search, you know, use Google search, they can find out their rights. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the reality of the situation that there could be some of the lower income workers, uh, maybe those who are not even so fluent mm. in either English or Malay, mm. uh, that may not be fully aware of their rights out there. Mm. Okay, so going back to the Employment Act of 1955, how does the Act define the employer-employee relationship and what implications does this have for various types of workers, including contract workers and freelancers? The Employment Act does define what is an employee or an employer. It is essentially someone, uh, maybe it's not a very helpful description, but it's someone who's under a contract of service, which is an employment contract, and who has been uh, engaged by an employer Mm. to carry out employment. So it's a little bit circular in the sense that it's basically saying that if you're you're an employee, if you're under an employment contract, uh, it doesn't cover... Uh, people like freelancers, right. uh, gig workers. Yeah. So um, uh, those people will be governed by their own contract mm-hmm. rules and they wouldn't be entitled to the benefits under the Act. And how does that then relate to, in terms of workplace equality and discrimination, what does Malaysian law stipulate for that? So discrimination in the workplace, uh, we do have, of course, our federal constitution. Yeah. Uh, Article 8 provides that, you know, no person shall be discriminated on certain grounds such as like religion, race, place of birth, gender. Yeah. But interestingly enough, the federal constitution in that aspect only applies to employment under a public authority or the government. So Interesting. The, the very specific uh, restriction against discrimination in employment under the federal constitution only applies to employment under public authorities or the government, right? So for private employees, uh, those employed by companies and whatnot, uh, technically the federal constitution, that section doesn't apply to them. Uh, They have to rely on common law uh, rights. For example, in the Employment Act, uh, there there is some uh, restriction against discriminating against a person based on their union membership. Right. Right, uh, and there is an avenue now under the Employment Act for employees to lodge complaints to the Director General if they feel that they have been subject to discrimination. Okay, so uh, it's a little bit of a division here, yeah. In the sense that, yeah, if you are employed by the government, then you get protected. For example, if you are fired for being pregnant, or uh, that previous case where like a teacher was, you know, fired for revealing her pregnancy, yeah, uh, then. You can use the federal constitution for that. Okay. But if it's uh, in the private employment sector, you have to rely on like uh, other legal basis right. to pursue your, your rights. So looking at, at the, these alleged fines, mm-hmm. um, and, and I suppose it brings about a broader question for an em- employer, when they feel as though misconduct is happening in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, how can employers protect themselves against misconduct then? I think the... A very good place to start for employers is having robust policies and procedures to govern what sort of uh, behaviour is acceptable in the workplace. Uh, I think the challenge for a lot of employers is that 
uh, not just having the policy, I think carrying it out mm. and really educating the employees about why a particular action is wrong, why is it misconduct, uh, why is it something that would cause damage to the company. I think all this has to be regulated mm. and not just that uh, when you are investigating the misconduct, you have to comply with due process. You have mm. to give the employee a fair chance to uh, explain themselves if an allegation has been made, give them an opportunity to present their case if it's a very serious charge mm. of misconduct and really taking fairness into account when you're deciding what to do about that employee mm. if you do find that they've committed misconduct. And I, I think the reason that we, we are hearing or, or rather seeing that this, this particular article and, and thing being discussed so much is that people feel as though the, the charges that are leveled against some of these quote-unquote offences seem to be a little unfair. Uh, if you would, as a person, yeah. agree with me on that, what do you think? Yeah, I think there are several issues uh, mm. around, uh, surrounding that particular uh, case. I think one of the issues also is not just the substance yeah. of things like penalties and fines, whether uh, the conduct justifies that level right. of fine. Yeah. I think it's also the method of which uh, you know it's been employed, mm -hmm. whether employers can deduct yeah. the fine automatically from someone's salary. Yeah. Uh, under the Employment Act, actually, uh, uh, there are prohibitions against what you can deduct mm -hmm. from an employee salary. It's mm -hmm. actually a very defined scope that's authorised. Yeah. So anything that falls outside uh, of that scope technically is a non-compliance with the Employment Act. Yeah. Right. So what are the mandatory benefits and measures that employers must provide to their employees? And how are things like working hours, rest periods and, and overtime compensation regulated? Under the Employment Act, um, those areas are addressed. So if we're talking about things like working hours, yeah. there are limits to uh, the usual contractual working hours which an employee can be required to work. Uh, for example, now it's 45 hours a week as a maximum. Uh, previously, it was 48. So it's been ah. reduced from 48 to 45. Uh, within a day itself, there are some limits as well. Uh, an employee cannot be contractually required to have normal hours of work that exceed eight hours a day. Uh, even within those eight hours, there's some guidelines like uh, you can't make them work for five hours straight without a break. So it can't be a situation where they're just working continuously mm. without breaks in between. Mm. Uh, different rules apply for people who are working on shift. Uh, overtime applies as well for, like I mentioned, people who are earning below a certain wage threshold. If you make them work beyond these contracted usual hours, they do get overtime payments and that differs depending on when they work the overtime, whether it's on a public holiday, on a rest day. And speaking of rest days, everyone is guaranteed one rest day a week. So you can't have uh, someone working, let's say, like 24-7, seven, seven days a week, non-stop. With no breaks. Yeah, with no breaks. Okay. So it's all regulated. Yeah. It's just whether people are looking at the act uh, and, and realizing. And enforcing it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. okay, let's take a short break. Uh, folks, you're listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Today, we are discussing employee rights and what is considered fair employment practices. I'm speaking with Donovan Chia, partner at Donovan & Ho. I'm Rich Bradbury. We'll be right back after these messages. Do keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Bold, fearless Malaysians. BFM 89.9 
the business station. It is BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Enterprise Explores. So this is a show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from headlines to the bottom line. I'm Rich Bradbury, and today on Enterprise Explores, we're discussing employee rights and what is considered fair employment practices. I'm here with Donovan Chia, the partner at Donovan and Ho. Of course, uh, Donovan has been with us since the beginning here just a few minutes ago. Donovan, just to go back to um, the topic at hand, and is it legal uh, for employers to, and I can't even believe I'm asking this question, deduct salaries for taking medical leave or using the toilet during work hours, and how are fines and penalties for disciplinary reasons addressed by Malaysian labour laws? Quick answer, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting question, but the quick answer is no, uh, you can't uh, deduct an employee's salary for taking medical leave uh, or uh, doing other things like going on toilet break simply because, like I mentioned earlier, the Employment Act only allows deductions from salary in certain situations. Yeah. None of that apply here. Yeah. You know, it's situations like you've made an overpayment of salary, you've advanced some wages and you want to get it back. Yeah. Then you can make those deductions. Uh, but if it's things like medical leave, definitely you can't. In fact, under the Act, medical leave uh, is paid, sick leave. Yeah. So if a person uh, meets the criteria, for example, they are certified as unwell by a registered medical practitioner, they have the medical cert, uh, they are entitled to a certain amount of paid sick leave right. per year. So you can't be deducting uh, salary for them utilizing that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how are fines and penalties for disciplinary reasons addressed by Malaysian labor laws then? Uh, there is actually no specific legislation that governs uh, fines or penalties to employees by employers right. about misconduct. Right. So, uh, like I mentioned, all the entitlements and the rights are there, mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't say that employers can fine employees and these are the permissible fines and penalties. So it all has to be addressed uh, through separate policies and proce procedures that mm -hmm. the employer sets and whether those policies are going to be compliant with the Act. Got it. Okay, so from an employer's perspective, is it legally viable to incorporate a non-disclosure clause um, in an employment contract that designates the act of sharing information about misconduct on social media as grounds for termination and legal action against the employee? It's not only legally permissible, it is actually quite common nowadays for you to see non-disclosure agreements or confidentiality clauses uh, in the employment agreement or it could be just separate agreements that they get the employee to sign anyway, yeah. uh, especially depending on the category of employee. You see it a lot for maybe higher management employees. You, yeah. know, you don't want them sharing trade secrets, confidential yeah. information, but it's becoming quite commonplace to just be built in as a boilerplate in the employment agreement. And it's it's valid because uh, you know an employer does have a right to protect confidential information and uh, you know proprietary assets. Mm -hmm. So that's perfectly acceptable, and employees do have to honor those obligations as well, even without the clause. Mm. Like you shouldn't be sharing, you know, like if like you're an FMB, you shouldn't be sharing sharing like the secret recipe right. uh, out to everyone, <laughs> even if there wasn't a clause, you know, right, in your contract. Right, yeah. Right, so right. that's that's pretty much understood as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what recourse do employees, I guess, have uh, against these? unfair, let's call it, salary deductions or, or disciplinary measures. Um, and, and what potential legal repercussions could employers face for these actions? 
an employee who believes that their employer has uh, violated uh, labor law or the Employment Act, uh, for example, in this case about things like fines and mm. penalties and deductions of salary, they do have recourse by filing a complaint with the uh, labor office. Uh, under the Employment Act as well, the Director General of Labor does have the power to inquire into such complaints. And if it is discovered or found that the employer has committed a violation, then uh, there can be action taken against them. Mm. For example, they can be ordered to either repay uh, the amounts that were deducted to the employee yeah. or, or you know, if there's anything that was supposed to be given but not given, then the employer can be ordered to do that. To pay, to yeah. actually pay, okay. Right. Um, and, and that, I, I'm guessing, uh, is the same for labour disputes, especially when it comes to salary deduction. That yeah, kind of, that's okay, right. All right. Uh, and, and so this... The impact of these impositions of fines, like for taking medical leave, what do you think it kind of has? What are the ramifications for a company's reputation and, and their legal standing? I think reputation-wise, it's always it's not going to be a good look yeah. if it goes viral, and you know, and especially you're... if people have figured out alleged, who this alleged company Correct. is, right? Yeah, I think, and you know, in this day and age, like everything goes viral so fast yeah. and you know, you just need one or two people to just say something to paint the narrative in a way that you are not doing the right thing. I think mm. it, that's very detrimental to a company's reputation. But I think from a broader perspective, I think, uh, you know, companies need to think about uh, how their policies and procedures also affect cultural, uh, yeah. you know, workplace culture. Yeah. Uh, things like, for example, if you're very particular about medical leave and you uh, maybe attempt to penalise employees for taking medical leave or withhold benefits to mm. them because they've been taking medical leave, uh, you know, it could create this kind of culture of even like presenteeism, you know, yeah. where people just... Uh, turn up to work even though they're not well because they don't want to give up like this bonus yeah. or or they don't want their salary to get deducted yeah. and they're not productive because yeah, they're not well. Exactly, they're not and productive. It leads to burnout or kinds of other issues. You spread know, the illness. Spread the illness to, to the other staff yeah. and indeed to the customers. Yeah. It's the last thing you want, surely. Yeah. And then that reputational hit just goes around and around in a circle. Yeah, so then it never ends. So I, yeah. I think uh, it's really more than just about an issue. Are you going viral on Reddit? It's really yeah. like what kind of workplace culture are you setting? Yeah. How does it affect your employees, the morale, productivity? It all has, I think, long-term effects. Then you have that revolving door of employees. Correct, yeah. So just to be clear, um, the company contract does not supersede the Malaysian Employment Act. It doesn't. So under the Act, uh, any contract for employment that offers terms or conditions of employment which are less favourable than what is in the Act, is uh, it becomes void. Right. And of no effect. Right. So you can't, for example, just agree with an employee, I'm not going to give you a paid maternity leave, even though you've uh, qualified for it and the employee signs off on it, yeah. doesn't mean that that contract is valid. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Final question then, uh, before we get to, we, I know we've had a couple of uh, um, uh, listener questions, but what, what are the, you mentioned there was a, a recent, fairly recent amendment hmm. uh, to the Employment Act. Um, what are the recent amendments to the Employment Act or other related legislation that could affect employment practices in Malaysia? So with first, uh, with the fact from 1st January 2023, yeah. the coverage of the Employment Act was expanded. So every employee is now covered. Uh, so practices generally do uh, have to be relooked, uh, especially by those companies who've never had employees who are 
previously earning below 2,000 ringgit and yeah. you know, uh, dealing with all those issues. But some of the new features, I think, of the Act, which were put in uh, things like, for example, the reduction of working hours from 48 to 45, maternity leave got expanded from 60 days to 98 days, uh, you know, sexual harassment obligations are now uh, put in place where the employer has to, you know, exhibit notices in, in the premises to yeah. make sure that everyone's aware about uh, the wrongs of sexual harassment. So I think there are all these uh, things that have been put in into the Employment Act that we really should take note of mm. uh, because... Previously, it was just an act which, like, if you know you were hiring office workers that were earning above 2,000 ringgit, you didn't even have to really Think look at the it. act. Yeah, yeah. But now you have to look at things like deduction of wages. Yeah. Uh, you have to look at things like when do you pay your employee salary? How do you pay it? Yeah. Uh, even things like working hours, overtime, you, you do have to start looking at it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have had a message come in uh, from a listener ending, number ending 2881 who asks, are foreign workers entitled uh, to overtime pay? Yes, they are if they meet the criteria under the Act. So the Act doesn't distinguish between like a foreign person and a local employee in terms of their employment entitlements. Okay. Yeah. We've had another one literally just coming this moment. Uh, number ending 8360. What if employees take fake sick leave and the employer knows this is happening occasionally in the workplace? Fake sick leave is a misconduct. So that should be managed through the employer's usual disciplinary process. So it, it is a situation that happens. You know, you see employees either forging yeah. medical certificates or saying that they're on sick leave, but then actually, you know, going out on holiday. Or Walking like around that, pavilion. And or posting it on Instagram. I've they're not, seen they're that not so bright. <laughs> <laughs> they're not so bright ones, you know, start sharing it on yeah. social media. So yeah. that is a misconduct and okay. the employer can take action against employees. It, it is even a terminable, like you can uh, dismiss an employee, uh, of course, depending on the context of that case. Okay. Uh, yeah. Donovan, thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Happy to be here. Great stuff. Uh, I was, of course, speaking with Donovan Cheer, partner at Donovan & Ho. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search for Enterprise Explores, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.